You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Radiant Culture. My name is TJ. Today we're going to be continuing from where we left off on last week's episode where we were discussing issues to do with calling, talent and purpose. Alright, enjoy! I think one challenge a lot of us have is mm. that we look at our natural giftings or our passions and talents and we think, what can God really do with this? Like, mm. okay, I like baking and I'm really good at it, so mm. what? Like, okay, mm. I'll open a business called... God's heavenly cakes mm. and then like whoa, then what happens like mm. how using that gift am I supposed to achieve anything substantial I think we think that it has to be something that you know will be remembered for generations mm. and mm. people will remember us for being this amazing something but we just mm. think well how can I do that with this little little quote-unquote gift that I have absolutely you're so right and this is why I was emphasizing knowing God because the, the closer you get to God, the more direct God speaks to you. You know, you hear people saying, God told me to go to China. God told me to do this. God told me to do that. Unfortunately, like I said, a lot of people are trying to be, to do, sorry, without being. Mm-hmm. But the closer the person gets to interact with the master. In fact, God begins to cut out, if please, with all due respect, he begins to cut out the middleman in beginning to talk to you and give you specific instructions about your life. I was talking about Abraham the other day. Depending on how you think theologically, I was telling people Abraham was not a prophet, right? Of course, you can you can decide to look at it this um, depending on where you are. But I like the verse which says Abraham was a friend of God, friend of God. Now watch this: his proximity to God, because everyone, the truth of it is, with your true friends, your friends get to know your secrets, right? Mm. Your friends get to know what's what's really on your heart. Abraham is so close to God, God says, hey, can I even hide it from my friend Abraham? What I'm about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. You see, Abraham's closeness to God. God comes to deal with an issue of a child with Abraham and Sarah. You, he's on the way somewhere and he stops by a lay-by. This guy, is also got business. This time next year, you're going to have a child. Hey, why are you laughing? <laughs> Can you imagine God saying, a billionaire telling you I'm going to give you $100? And you're like, ha, 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 ha. You know, God must have been a little bit uh, insulted by Sarah. Anyways, he's going, then he says to Abraham, I can't, I can't just hide it from you. I'm going to bomb that place. Uh, ironically, again, the guy who's even close to that place called Lot does not know that hellfire is about to come into a place. Mm-hmm. Someone who's further begins to affect the place where Lot was because he was close to God. Another episode, God says to Abraham, make me a sacrifice. All right, I've got some business to deal with. He makes a sacrifice, the vouchers come, he sends them away, and then he just falls down, sees a vision or a trance, as some would call it. God tells him, ahead of time, your descendants are going to be in this place. They're going to leave. He was a lodger, by the way, in his own land. They're going to leave this place. They're going to go to Egypt 400 years once the sin of the Amorites is done, they're going to come out. I, I wouldn't really consider Abraham a prophet, but his proximity to God made God even show him the future. What am I trying to say? In the, in the context of your purpose and calling, 
the closer you get to God, the more direct God becomes with you. Hey, besides even gifts and so forth, he might even tell you six months from now, you're going to make a million bucks. And when you make it, not a single cent is yours. Right? Do such and such a thing with it. If we could teach people, if we could teach people just to get to know God a little bit more, it's going to be so easy for people to really discover what God is on and on about within their whole life. So, so that's, that's where the issue is. Can you get to know God the way you're supposed to? If you do, you'll never struggle with really finding your, your way in this purpose and calling matrix. I have a question. Yes. Maybe a twofold question that yes. could potentially spoil the broth. I don't worry. I don't know. But don't I worry. I want to ask because I'm sure somebody out there is wondering uh, the same thing. Mm. Um, two parts. Uh-huh. One, uh-huh. does it therefore mean mm-hmm. that if I do not yet know my purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm therefore not close to God. Part one. Part two. If do I have one singular purpose? Why I'm asking is, can I miss it? Can if the, if I'm made for one thing, can I fail to make it? Can I get to the end of my life when I just did not achieve my purpose? Is that possible? So those two questions. Yes. Okay, let's go back to the first one. Does it mean if I don't know my purpose, I'm not close to God? If I don't know one plus one, the answer of one plus one, am I good in math? (laughs) (laughs) And my answer there being, definitely if you have not yet discovered your purpose, you are not where you're supposed to be with your relationship with God. You haven't. Um, To run the Comrades Marathon in South Africa, I discovered here that there's certain tournaments or maybe athletics meets where you have to run within a certain time. Without that, you cannot qualify for what? For, for the Comrades Marathon. It almost works the similar way. Mm-hmm. I know probably someone is stressing here and saying, I don't know my purpose, so what am I going to do? The issue really is not so much to know what your purpose is. The issue is to know who God is. Let me give you an example in the, in the Bible. Saul has lost his donkeys, so they go to the seer. Who, by the way, already knows that they're coming. God is amazing. When they're coming, when Samuel sees them, he's like, ah, good, let's go eat. When they're up there, Samuel tells Saul something very, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. He says to him, "Um, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And you're going to become another man. Then he says, after that, do whatever is in your heart because God is with you. So if, if Saul had discovered he was going to be the king and then goes and tries to do things without the spirit coming on him, he was probably going to struggle. I'll shift it to the New Testament. Jesus has got 12 and a bunch of other people, 120, that he has des- designed to become as we would call it, the first church, the early church. He tells his disciples something. Remember, he's been preparing them to fulfill the Great Commission. And he says, A, before you go out for the Great Commission, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So if the disciples had, or the apostles, if you wanted, decided to just willy-nilly go without that crucial part, they would have dismally failed. And probably we might not be here believing in God. So what what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to put to the listener out there, don't even worry about discovering or understanding your purpose. 
be engrossed with knowing and walking with God. Mm-hmm. The moment you get there, the rest of it, it becomes like a pack of dominoes, right? Everything begins to fall in place. So the person who's struggling with knowing the purpose, right, obviously is struggling in their knowledge of God. So you have to start by knowing your God. You've got to start by knowing your God. Now, remember the caveat I put at the beginning? It's a journey. All right? Mm-hmm. The other thing, unfortunately, because there's a lot of purpose talk in the world right now, is I, I see a lot of people under pressure. You know, I've got to know my purpose. I've got to do something. Of course, all of us have a purpose. But, 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 but mm-hmm. remember, there are certain things or certain requirements or certain expectations we can never put on a child who's six months. If a child who six months pees or poops in their in, in their diaper, we're not gonna hit them and tell them you're good for nothing. Neither are we gonna expect a child of two years old, you know, to reason at the level of ten years old. So, so with God now, God and you, His expectations on you have a lot to do with your maturity in Him. Paul says, "When I was a child, what is a child? Spoke as a child, reasoned as a child. When I became a man, I left childish things behind." So in this world, unfortunately, there's a lot of children trying to do men things, right, before they've done the growing up thing. Now, I wonder how many people... So, so let me just go back to this knowing God bit. Just, just, just a consistent life of prayer, you know? A deeper understanding of the word of God, you know, where you need no teachers. Remember what the writer of Hebrew says. He says, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you're still babes. And if you're a babe in the things of God, it means you cannot do certain things. I, I hope that that's making sense. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's that part of getting to know God. It's that part of really getting to know God. The moment that, 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 um, that puzzle is solved, both, both questions become very clear as far as I'm concerned. So um, your singular purpose. When I say singular purpose here, remember what I, what I, what, what I was trying to distinguish when I was using parts of the body. What the finger does is never what the foot does. Why is this important? It helps you build your esteem, right? And be safe and comfortable in who you are. A lot of what's happening in the world is people trying to become like so-and-so yeah. or to do it like so-and-so. Yet really your path is not their path. You see, your, your, your specific job is not their job. An elephant can never be judged on its ability to fly. You see, but a lot of people now, because of the quest for significance or the quest for achievement, they sometimes now try to put themselves um, as the next whatever person they did. I remember Time Magazine, it should be Time Magazine, they once did an interview on uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. And this is what they asked him. They said, um, people are saying you're the next Billy Graham. And I remember the wise words that he said in that, in, that, in that interview. He says, I don't believe God is in the business of creating copies of other people. Basically, what he was saying is my path and the respectable Billy Graham are totally separate and different. So, so it helps me become me without being, um, without being under pressure or insecure about the next guy my age who's a pastor yeah. who's doing something totally different. Yeah. That kind of a thing. It helps me being secure in what I am. David served his generation. This is in the book of Acts. That was Stephen's speech. He served his generation and he slept. So David's problems are not the problems of Solomon and he's not going to be judged based on what Solomon did. 
because they were different. That kind of a thing. <laughs> you have a question? Okay, I'll throw another one. <laughs> throw them, my brother. Um, on that. Uh-huh. You answered though. About yes. your second question. About um, can you miss it? Can you miss it? Absolutely. Uh, I think you can. Personally, I already think you can. You can. I just wanted to know um, uh, if there's another. You you definitely can. For starters, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you're outside of Christ, you know, for me, you've missed your purpose. Yeah. What, what, remember what Jesus says. He says, um, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you know how I read that scripture? Even if you become the most prominent human being in the world, mm-hmm. apart from Jesus in heaven, it's nothing. That's how I read that scripture. Yeah. Another part, he says, why gain the world and lose your soul? Mm-hmm. So you see, uh, it shows you certain fundamentals about life. right? For instance, in that one, why gain the world and lose your soul? It shows you the first part is that this thing on your inside must be given to God. Without that, everything else you've done is a total waste. That kind of thing. I was, I was posting on my Facebook, uh, I think it was last week, when I said, um, not all Earth's heroes are going to, uh, not all Earth's heroes are going to be heroes in heaven. In fact, some heroes on Earth, some celebrated people on Earth, are not going to be celebrated in heaven. And some people that are not celebrated on Earth, are going to be highly celebrated in heaven. So definitely, you can miss it. You can miss it if you're not born again. You can totally miss it. You can miss it or probably fail to fully achieve it if you do not become mature in your knowledge and walk with Christ. You can definitely, you can definitely miss it. On that, um, Mm. considering we're saying that Mm. uh, the understanding of your purpose is a journey, Mm. we humanity mm-hmm. have a tendency of catching God at different times Absolutely. in our lives. Uh-huh. And sometimes we catch him late. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's purposed you for a certain thing and due to, I don't know, whatever happens, mm-hmm. but you catch on late. Mm-hmm. My next question was, can your purpose change? Let's say, theoretically, and, and I'm really speaking as a mere human here, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, my purpose was to, for some reason, win the Olympics for 100 meter dash. That's my purpose, whatever, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's just a basic example. And then in my wilderness stage, you were eating and I was drinking. Eating and, and drinking, and then I walked over a landmine. I don't know, something happened mm-hmm. that now once I've come to Christ, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, well, I don't want to say not able, but achieving that same purpose in the same way that I would have initially thought is no longer possible. My question is, is it just me not thinking broadly enough or does your purpose change? Can God then say, okay, now you're doing this? No, no, I don't agree. Uh, Insofar as your purpose changing, I'm informed by uh, Romans. Paul says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. What isn't that gifts and callings? But you said those are... Remember, gifts are the abilities God gives you to perform your calling. calling. Your calling is the vehicle for your purpose. Purpose. Mm -hmm. You get the sense. So the Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are without uh, repentance. So, so, so if your gifts don't change, your calling is not changing. And if your calling is not changing, your purpose is not changing. Coming to your example, now to answer your question, the wisdom of God, which probably would need a billion years to get to, 
is some of what we think are wasted years are actually a journey in the process. Mm -hmm. It's just that perhaps we make an assumption. For instance, it's, a, it's an assumption yes. that I was supposed to be a what? Um, an athlete. It's an assumption. Perhaps in your journey with God, part of where you were going involved athletics, but there was something bigger, which is why I was, I, we, we specified the difference between purpose and calling, right? So sometimes uh, somebody thinks I'm supposed to be a gymnast, perhaps in the journey, right? Gymnastics was just part of where you're eventually going, mm. right? Unfortunately, we may remain fascinated with certain places in God mm -hmm. without realizing, remember I said it's a journey, it was just a step yeah. to the, uh, I'll use John Maxwell as an example. Started off as a pastor, yeah. right? He started off as a pastor. What he's doing now, uh, formally, as far as I'm concerned, is he's just dealing with issues of leadership, right? How did he get there? He got there through an avenue called um, pastoral ministry. You get what I'm saying? Uh, and I would actually argue that's all within the calling. You see, that's all within the calling. I would argue that, right? But the purpose is, is very singular. So we must never think with God there is wasted time and wasted years insofar as what he's doing in us. The only problem I would then argue would be supposing we stray outside of God. Now, I like what you're talking about, landmines or injuries and so forth. The biggest danger of being outside God is you may die outside of God, which is the biggest tragedy of life. The moment you're outside your purpose, you're almost, or you're outside God, because he's the first. Um, you're almost like a car moving in water. Me, I decide to take my nice car and drive it into a lake, right? A very deep, deep lake. What I'm doing is I'm just exposing a, a car to total and abysmal fail, failure there because it was never meant to operate in water, if you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. so, so, so that part of God, that part of being in God is probably the key that unlocks this entire world, right? And that's probably where a person must start off with. So some people, um, they had amazing dreams, um, they went through very unfortunate circumstances. But you know, the more they walked with God, they would almost testify what David said in Psalm chapter, well, what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, depending on who you believe wrote it. He says, it was good that I was afflicted, that I might learn your decrees. You see, so there are certain, what we think are negative experiences we go through, you know, and we, we, we can't always then say it's God who meant them to happen. Right, but God sometimes uses them to amplify certain things. So, a victim of rape, for instance, not God's plan, but it happened. But somehow, somewhere, that victim becomes an advocate for anti rape, protection of the girl child, and so forth. God is in that's why I'm saying the wisdom of God will take us a billion years. Somehow, somewhere, God has got the ability to take very what we think are very strange and very contradictory um, experiences in life to actually bring out the very thing that he wants to achieve in us. And, 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 and this is a mystery. This is a mystery. How do you explain to someone that, um, you know, you unfortunately got divorced, but somehow, somewhere through that bridge, you know, something funny came, or not funny, but something then was established by God. How do you explain that? How do you explain to a child that you are the subject of a sexual relationship between your brother and your sister, and you came onto this world, and um, 
no one wants to talk about you. You don't want, and you're not even proud to talk about that. And yet somehow, some way, you know, God has got a very amazing and powerful thing to use. And where you're coming from becomes that. And again, if you, if, if you go down the, the path of Jesus' genealogy, I'm sure all of us know the strangeness. <laughs> uh, you know, people, we say we've got weird families. <laughs> I don't know if anyone had a weirder family, you know, and generation than Jesus. What's the lesson to us? Is God in his wisdom, which would take us a billion years to truly get to. He has a way, you know, <laughs> you know, of taking strange metallic pieces like those crazy abstract uh, artists, bringing them together and making a whoa kind of painting. <laughs> and, 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 and someone wrote a song and says, I can only imagine, you know. So that's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of God. And I continue to emphasize what's important for all of us is to figure out how to walk with God, yeah. is to figure out how to know God, is to figure out how to get really connected to God. It all comes together. So you said earlier that um, mm. our desires, mm. sometimes, yes, God places them in our heart. Mm. But how do you discern now whether your ambitions are desires that God has placed in your heart or if it's just you? Like your desire is, Cookie Monster's not here, but I'm sure his desire is to mm. one day drive a Bugatti. Mm. But what does that have to do at all with his purpose? Absolutely. Wonderful question. Firstly, you have to... Um, you have to uh, evaluate the desire, mm -hmm. right? I'm married. I've got three children. If within me there's a desire for three more wives, <laughs> right? <laughs> it might be difficult for me to go to prayer and say, God, I see the purpose you've placed in, inside of me. <laughs> because probably someone who's listening right now could be having a desire to kill themselves right now, you know? So you've got to evaluate the desire mm. because not everything you want is necessarily from God Yeah. Mm -hmm. again I'll go back to what I've been singing like a broken tape or record when you get to know God you can then begin to flush out desires mm. remember what Paul says in fact it's not Paul it's James he says you have not because you ask not mm. and when you ask you yeah. receive not because you ask a miss. Mm. So there are certain desires that we may have that are actually a pie in the sky as far as God is concerned. Why do we have those desires? Because we're immature. God in his loving kindness. Okay, can yeah. you hear this? You know, <laughs> we don't know. Huh? Bugatti is important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not commenting about any Bugattis joking, and Ferraris. But listen, in his wisdom, God, he walks with us. All of us, if we to be honest, if you look back the past 10 years, some of the prayer requests that you made. In fact, 10 years is close. Let's just say 15 years or maybe 20 years. <laughs> when I was a child, at the age of uh, six, seven, eight, nine years old, in a rural place called Nyanyazi, you will not find it on Google Maps. We used to play bus on a baobab tree because it had really huge branches, right? <laughs> so one of us would be the driver, one would be the conductor, some would be passengers, you know, and would play bus. I kid you not, when we were kids, the very first thing we wanted to be, without telling any teacher, we wanted to be bus operators. <laughs> Those were our desires. Mm. You know, if, 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 over two decades later now, I do realize <laughs> those were fleeting passions, right? Where did they go to? 
as I grew and, and also got exposed to the world, but above all, got exposed to God. It all came together. So the first place is you have to evaluate your desires. And one place to evaluate them, like I said, compare them to the word, right? And there are certain things that are fleeting. That's also probably another sign and pointer that, mm, you know, um, when you look at what you're wanting and its impact on eternity, right, where does it stand? One question I always like asking people when we're having endless debates, I always say, this thing, is it going to stop you from getting to heaven? Is this going to stop you from getting to heaven? Is it going to stop you from getting a reward? Why, why do I ask that? Because there are certain things when you weigh them out now or certain desires you quickly discover, you know, well, it might be out. Another way to evaluate um, a desire, in what way is it God-honoring? Is In what way is it really God-honoring, right? In what way does this desire bring other people to Christ? So I've, I've probably given you almost three criteria there mm. of desires. And then obviously, coming back again, <laughs> Pastor Craig today keeps singing the same hymn. The more you know God, we come back to Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. If you delight yourself in the Lord, you will program the desires of your heart. Some like to say he will give you what you want, which I, I believe to a certain extent is correct. But the thing that you do is if you hang around with Formula One people, you sooner or later you're going to know that there's Leclerc who lost yesterday. That was very sad, by the way. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the more you hang around with a certain person, the more you begin to take on their character and their nature. Mm -hmm. So the more you hang around with God, the more you discover that there are certain desires that you begin to have that are not normal desires, that are not personal desires, that are not selfish ambitions. You know, it just, it just, it just falls away. But it really comes back to, 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 to your knowing God a little bit more, even knowing his word. The word, obviously, like I'm saying, it begins to point you out to certain things that are futile, certain things that are worthless, certain things that are of no, no material benefit. That, that, that helps you. That helps guys you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you're not doomed if you don't have a purpose. Yeah, you're not doomed. You're not in trouble if you do not have a purpose. I like that, actually. That's, that's there is hope. There is hope at the end of this tunnel. And by the way, God is not trying to hammer you. He's not trying to hammer you with the, with the big bad boy kind of hammer to say, you terrible little thing. God is kind-hearted, is gentle, is very patient. Remember, he is love. If you're in a place where you do not know your purpose, do not fret. Do not panic. The place of panic is a place of temptation you may actually begin to also um, fulfill the purpose of the enemy. Much as God has a purpose for us, the enemy also has a purpose for people. If he can't stop you from his purpose, he'll try to stop you from your purpose. So, so where do you start? It's very simple. Start by becoming more intimately acquainted with God. Pray more. Pray more and consistently understand that manual called the Bible. And don't you dare stay out of the place called church. Because somebody in some of these churches, there could be one person who comes straight to you and tell you, God is saying, go and do this. Maybe in a prayer band somewhere, you may discover yourself. Maybe in serving in a ministry, in a local church. You see, it just all comes together. This is what I'm talking about, getting to know God. In that place, I promise you, you never struggle. Can, can, we, can we put that at the end? 
because I did come up with one question. One last one. One last one. I like it though. Okay, so um, we've spoken about knowing mm. God mm. and we've spoken about purpose, we've spoken mm. about calling, we've spoken about, um, we've spoken about shape uh-huh. and, um, gifts, and all passion. of that, the gifts, spiritual gifts, your abilities, everything. One last question mm. for those people on the walk who've been on the walk for a long time, who've been doing this for years, have written books or whatever they're doing mm. on this sort of thing. Mm. Is it possible to get obsessed with your calling to the point of losing your purpose? Wow. That is a very interesting question. I do not think so, though. Remember, these are twins. These are parts in one hand. As far as I'm concerned, purpose is forever linked to your calling. Because it's coming from God. God, the maker, gives you a purpose. You assign a calling for you and they'll give you gifts to fulfill that calling. Can I put a caveat? Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm kind of asking is, it, mm-hmm. is, it, is or to put it in more Bible speak, mm-hmm. is, say, is it possible to idolize the calling? Again, I don't think so. I, again, I don't think so. For instance, God has is, is, uh, put within me the calling to be an evangelist. It would be very bad if I'm not consumed by evangelism. Right, actually, it would be a very bad marker for me if I'm not consumed by evangelism as a calling. Right? I hear what you're saying, idolizing. But come, coming back, a calling is you fulfilling a purpose. So the person who's, who's, whose calling is moving through sports must obviously be very consumed with sports to the glory of God. Right? The, purpose, the person who's supposed to be a pastor must be consumed with that to the glory of God. The moment you're outside of God, as far as I'm concerned, that's where the problems are. But listen, everybody must have a drive. You know, they must have a drive. And, and I, I borrowed this scripture from Jesus when he was taking out the money changes. He says, you've turned my father's house. Can you see, can you see, can you see just how passionate he was? Yeah. He started beating up people. Jesus, <laughs> beating people. He says, you know, zeal for my house has consumed me. So to a certain extent, there's something about your calling uh, that must make you un- uncomfortable. Uh, that must make you unhappy. Uh, that must excite you when nobody else is excitable. Yeah. You know, there are things about what God has called you to do. You tell everybody, they're like, oh, okay. You're like, yes. Why? <laughs> because you're in the place, you know, where God is, is properly assigned you. So that emotional part, if I'm getting the question correct, is definitely a key part and it, it's it's coming back to that word p-a-s-i-o and passion so passion is very very indicative of your calling now can you make your calling an idol i don't think so because remember it's coming from god to fulfill his purpose i believe that he he has it for you to be very to be very um engrossed in what you're supposed to do as long as you're not engrossed in him i actually think you'll not be interested in your calling you probably start seeking for civilian issues and other other things aside of what he called you to do. Passion, I have no disagreement. You mm. must be passionate mm. about it. Otherwise, well, yeah, there's there's very little for your journey in there. But let's say you are called to ministry and evangelism. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the reasons we've seen so much um, disaster in church where mm. a minister can get so wrapped up in ministry and the results and the excitement and the 
adulation and the everything that's coming with that, that they lose that very beginning point of knowing God and listening and hearing him. Now they are seeking all the results and the benefits and all of that, of that stage, that part of the journey, which is probably meant to be prosperous, but they're stuck there. But, and uh, then they get, they're no longer listening to God and they're now... And you've answered my question. Yes. The moment there's a disconnect with God, the problems didn't start there. That's true. So, so, so the issue is, as long as there's a disconnect with God, there's going to be problems. Right? Whether it's gifting, whether it's within your calling, as long as there's a disconnect with God, the problems have started in Zimbabwe. They said, Mawana Tanga, right? You know, the moment the disconnect with God is there, the problems will never end. So... I guess maybe if that's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just thought of another question. So <laughs> PC, yes. um, I'm asking this question on behalf of everyone who feels they have a calling, mm. but it's, they can't, and they feel, yes, it is from God, but they're not sure how exactly it is meant to build his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say someone who is good at pottery, for mm -hmm. example, or just something abstract that is not directly evangelism or preaching or laying hands on people. And they just, they know, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yes, this is what all signs are pointing towards this. I know that God wants me to do this, but they have no idea how on earth that's supposed to build the kingdom. I almost want to go back to my broken record remarks. Mm -hmm. You are knowing God, but here's something else. Some of the things you can do, take them to your local church. Some of your abilities and so forth. Start manifesting or using them within the confines of your what? Why am I saying local church and not the local nursery and so forth? You can also do that. Mm. But the church is a spiritual environment that helps a person connect with God. Yeah. So if, if I can do pottery, go do something for church with that. Mm -hmm. There's no gift that cannot work for the church. Nothing. Yeah. There's no even natural talent that cannot. It can somehow, some way, be used in the church. Like I'm saying, because the church is a spiritual entity, where God speaks on a higher frequency than outside of the church, mm -hmm. the moment you begin to express yourself in those places, yeah, it makes it easier. But really, all I'm saying is buttressing the same point: mm -hmm. get to know God more. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that works. <laughs> or that answers you, in other words. I hope. <laughs> so please make furniture for us in church. <laughs> Share and food. <laughs> and then <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> like, right? like a swan and exactly. all that. Oh my crazy God, the cherubs. Yeah. Exactly. Above the chair. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, noted. <laughs> It'll take like six guys to carry it on stage every day. <laughs> like Great the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Alright, so that was a lot given us a lot to think about mm. and i know like you've just been saying it over and over it's all about how well we know the creator how well we know our maker and how intentional we are about being intimate with him intimacy apparently is also into me see like mm. so if you're struggling to see what is it that mm. is inside of me mm. just be more intimate with him and he'll help you see inside yourself what it is that you're supposed to bring out about him into this world so yeah, thank you, PC. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Giving us a lot to think about. Thank you, Biscuit. Yeah. Good. For your very 
intelligent questions. Yeah, me, I just ask questions. Yeah, me, I just put my, I, I see into the audience. <laughs> all right, all right. And I hope the producers are going to give me the raw uncut version of everything <laughs> for the edited one. And I keep listening to it. I know you no, guys. Thank you. Thank you all you. for listening. Send in those questions. You know yeah. where to find us. And yeah, keep praying. Keep reading your word. God is there to answer your questions. Amen. 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 Hey. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.